Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. All right. Mm. Welcome to episode... Sorry. Listener? 20. No, listeners. Number 20. Listeners episode 20. Which means we've been doing this for 20 months. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Quite a round number. Quite a round number. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys. It's been a long day already. I, um, need, I need more coffee. Um, we're excited to tell you guys your, your own stories back to your ears. Yes. If you wrote it, you now get to listen to it. If, so, you, if you didn't write it, you will also get to listen to it. So congratulations what I'm to saying. everyone's ears. Oh, boy. I never remember how we start these. I don't know either. Uh, your drink is kind of throwing me off. It doesn't look like a normal LaCroix. Oh, it's a mango. It looks like Nickelodeon sponsored it. Oh, yeah. Slime. It's very green and orange. Um, we're also releasing our fan mail video today. Or not today. We're recording it today and we're releasing it um and later soon? today yes and later today is our facebook live yes so, so if you're listening to this you missed it you missed it <laughs> whoopsie those are for patrons uh patreon sponsors <clears throat> and then so is the fan mail video which we post on our patreon page so look mm-hmm. for that that should be up soon mm-hmm. and if you want to donate to our patreon it is uh patreon.com slash atwwd podcast podcast and Eva printed out stories for us. Eva's just the best. Truly. Today she went out and bought us Chipotle after quite a, a mishap. Well, no, she went looking for our Postmates guy who vanished. <laughs> Literally got in the car and drove to where the Postmates guy looked like he was on the map. And then he wasn't there. And he wasn't there. And then Eva also got us Chipotle. I was really hoping he was there so that there would be a story out of like them like knocking on his window like, hello, we we need our Panera. Can you please. just roll down your back window so we can pull out our food? Uh, Thanks. But unfortunately, anyway, he was thank missing. you, Eva, once again for saving our lives. Stories? Who goes first? I go first. Okay. Why? Just because I, I want to. Oh, you said it so matter of factly, like I was, I should have known. Okay. So this one is from Mikey. Hello, Mikey. Okay. There it is. <laughs> uh, Mikey's email is uh, Charles Cullen killed my grandfather. Oh, shit. So, oh no. So Mikey says. And that was a story I did recently. Very recently. He was the the hospital killer one. nurse. Yep. All right, Mikey says, "Hello fresh." <laughs> Hello fresh. Uh, okay, let me start by saying I fucking love this goddamn podcast. Oh, thank you. 
I appreciate the sailor mouth. Makes me feel less alone. Mm Mm-hmm. The only problem I have with it is the fact that it's the first podcast I've ever listened to, so now my standards for podcasts are unrealistically high. Oh, God, I immediately get defensive when I hear the only problem is, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the only problem is it's too good. Don't hurt my feelings. Um, Mikey says, thanks. Anyway, let's talk about my murdered grandfather. Okay. Let's. Uh, Mikey then says, hold on. So really, we got we got thrown for a loop there. I'm holding on to my mic. I know there's already a lot going on here, but I need to let you know that I'm listening to the new episode right now. And as soon as I took a break, I took a break from writing this. Christine started talking about Charles Cullen. So naturally, I had to come back and continue typing to let you know that he's the man who killed my grandfather. I was actually writing this to tell you about my experience and suggest that you do an episode about him. But holy shit, it looks like you've already done it. Anyway, back to what I was saying before. My grandfather was murdered in 2002. Very shortly before my parents moved into the house we live in now, and also very shortly before I was born. My mother and grandmother, and great-grandmother, and great-great-grandmother, etc., have always been heavily involved in witchcraft and other occult activities. Sounds like a fun fam. Yep. But my mother in particular has always been the one who's dealt with spirits. Oh, boy. When she was a child, she lived on a farm and had to have an exorcism due to the amount of near-death experiences she's had. Oh, my God. She also had a friend who was murdered and put into a storage unit. Oh, my God. And that's besides the point. Oh, okay. Well, for another day, I guess, Mikey. After my grandfather was murdered, my parents started seeing signs that he might still be around. The activity intensified once I was born, and I spent my childhood being told that my grandfather was still living with us. Great. That's Uh, not traumatizing (laughs) for a small child. I don't remember most of it, but I do have a vivid memory of waking up in the middle of the night and feeling slash watching my blankets getting pulled up over me. Oh, God. When I told my mom about it, she told me it was just pop making sure I was comfortable. As I got older, the activity dwindled down to nothing and was slowly replaced by more sinister activity. Oh. When I was about seven or eight, I started having night terrors and sleep paralysis. And it was the really the really bad kind of sleep paralysis where you can see through your eyelids and feel people touching you and tickling your back. Oh, right. That kind. You mean my favorite kind? Oh, God. I had gory dreams every night. And since I was so young, I didn't really know what was happening. So I started not sleeping and always keeping my lights on. When I told my mom about it, she told me Pop was gone. Oh. So, like, whatever's doing this, like, clearly, like, the grandpa wasn't around to either protect oh, him God. or get rid of it. Sleeping got harder, and when I was awake, things would move around, and I would hear noises from all around the house. One of the most terrifying things I remember was laying in bed one night and hearing someone run down, oh, run at full speed down the hallway towards my door and then stop right outside it and not make another sound. Oh, God. I hated it. After a couple years, it all stopped and things went back to normal, but I still have a hard time sleeping at night. I don't blame you. My grandfather's name was Daniel George, by the way, and he owned a supermarket. Sincerely, Mikey, your favorite baby. Oh, you are my favorite baby. Thank you, Mikey. Wowza. Wait, also, sorry like, for your loss. Yeah, and also, like, I can't believe that it was like, that was the subject line, and I was like, oh, God, we're going to talk about Charles Cullen, and it was like, that's just a side fact. But I guess that's true, and that, like, you, it's not like you can get his side of the story, because, like, by the time he, by the time the grandfather knew what was happening, like, he was already gonna, yeah, like, but that's everybody who gets murdered i know but if like he was like if someone was shooting things into his iv bag it's like he wouldn't have much of it i don't know i i wish there I just was thought a that story was going to be about char- like yeah my, it was the it aftermath wild. it was the aftermath it turned into a haunting i did not expect that okay it was the exact perfect combination of our stories yeah it is seriously um it's like how you did uh lizzie borden hauntings yes he did like charles cullen or sorry they did charles cullen hauntings yeah okay 
So here we go. This is called. So by the way, thanks, Mikey. This is from Kim, and the subject is. What does that mean? Fabo. 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 Do you know what that means? I was thinking like Fabu, but also. That's oh funny. my, <laughs> Fabu, Fabu, Fabu. Does it mean like fabulous, like Fabo? Oh. Yeah. That's what I think, but I'm not sure. Maybe we're just too old. Whatever. I'm too old to understand what this means. <laughs> Fabo. Fabu. Fabu. Uh, Las Vegas listener story. Oh, it, Fabo then. Yeah. I imagine. Fabulous. Yeah, Fabo. Okay. Hey, Em and Christine. Before I get into my story, I just wanted to let you know your banter in between stories is everything to me. Oh, good. Thank we're always God. paranoid that that's well, not the case. because not a lot of people say that. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Kim. I'm a late 20s millennial myself and moved to LA four years ago from New Jersey. Every time you make jokes about how tough it can be, it makes me feel like I'm not alone in the struggle. Your podcast also makes me feel like less of a weirdo because I've always been a believer in paranormal, oddly fascinated with true crime. So almost a year before I decided to make Long Beach my home, shout out Queen Mary, <laughs> I lived with a roommate in Las Vegas. She and I moved into a condo in a nice little complex sort of near the Vegas Strip called Monterey Grand Manor. It had apparently been vacant for a long while and was definitely a steal for what we were getting. I guess that should have been a tip-off, but I was just stoked to find a place we could afford that was actually nice. Is that like someone got murdered in there? What? That maybe that someone got murdered in there? That would be my first thought if it was like heavily discounted. I'd be oh, like, oh, yeah, how yeah, many yeah. deaths have happened? Yeah. The neighbors were all very nice, but seemed surprised we, hadn't, we had moved in. I didn't think much of it and just worked on settling into my new home. So a few months go by and I can't help but get this crazy, weird, eerie feeling whenever I looked down or was walking through the long hall that had, oh, looked down the hall or was walking through the long hall that had both our bedrooms and the bathroom. I tried to shake it off as me just adjusting to a new place, but this feeling was sometimes overwhelming and especially bad whenever I was in the bathroom itself. I hated being in there and took the shortest showers of my life. My mm. dog also hated the bathroom. That's not a good sign. No. And that spooked me out too. So I'm cleaning off the top shelf of the closet in my new room when I find a wallet. Oh God. With a woman's driver's license inside what? way in the back corner of the closet shelf. Oh my God. And thought, well, that's odd, <laughs> but tried not to think too much into it. I showed my roommate who also thought it was weird, but both of us decided maybe we should throw it, shouldn't throw it away just in case she might come back for it. The energy in the hall only got heavier after that, and I swore oh, I'd no. hear noises in the bathroom some night. Oh, my God. This is terrifying. <sighs> Goodbye. It was finally summer, and we'd been living in this condo for a good six months and were invited to a barbecue at the community pool where all the neighbors would be attending. We thought we'd ask about the previous tenant and if we should mail her ID back to her because we still had it, and everyone got really quiet. Finally, someone spoke up and said, you live in unit one, right? Oh, boy. No one told you when you moved in? Oh, boy. This is when we started to panic and asked what they meant. Apparently, the last girl that lived in our unit overdosed on prescription pills while taking a bath and drowned in the bathtub. Oh, oh no. She was last seen at our unit, which was obviously hers at the time, with a guy she was dating who she'd regularly do drugs with, and the neighbors think maybe he overdosed her by mistake and ran. The landlord found her two days later when he came to collect rent for the month. Poor Richard. Ugh. We freaked out and immediately asked to sit down with him and ask some questions. He verified it was true, but that everything... Oh, but that they replaced the tub so it wasn't the same one she died in. That's good. Everything was fine. We asked for her name out of curiosity, and it was the same girl on the ID we found. Needless, which is so weird that it was in the yeah. corner of the closet. Ew, so weird. You would think that'd be the one and only thing that they would definitely make sure they got out yeah. of that place. And like, how would it even end up there? Oh, God. Creepy. Um, da -da 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 -da. We asked for her name out of curiosity. Same girl. 
Uh, needless to say, I moved out of there the next month and headed back home to New Jersey. I told my landlord after learning this information, I no longer felt comfortable and he let me move out of the lease. However, my crazy roommate opted to stay and I don't know if she told the next person to take my place what happened there or not, but I wasn't down to find out. I knew there was something wrong with that bathroom and so did my dog. Luckily, my new apartment is ghost free. So hooray. Lastly, just like my story, I'm on both sides when it comes to this podcast. Have you ever had an alcoholic milkshake? Everyone asks us that. I have not. No. It's not my thing. I'm not a milkshake person, so. Yeah. Uh, and everyone still tells me, like, oh, yeah. you should come here. You should come to our town, and we'll we'll buy you, like, the best, like, boozy milkshake. And I'm like, have you not listened to the last hundred episodes <laughs> I drink. where I don't drink alcohol? <laughs> and I don't really drink milkshake, so it's kind of like, it's, it's like, like the Venn diagram, but the opposite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> th- things we both don't want. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to bash you, Kim. It's I'm... just funny, because it's, it's just funny, because it's, like, <laughs> truly, like, the thousandth time we've heard it and like people are asking like about boozy milkshakes and i feel bad because i'm always like no i haven't had it yeah and also i don't i truly won't have one but she says they're very delicious so i mean maybe maybe. i mean if you if you filtered the alcohol out i'm sure christine would like it and i would drink the rest right we could we do that every week we just yeah don't put them together we do have a boozy milkshake every week (laughs) we just split it we just split it uh thanks for being you give you a hug for me and keep making great episodes kim I have thought about that. Like, if I found out that someone died in, in yeah. somewhere where I'm living, would I be willing to stay? I mean, I feel like people die in... I mean, I know I've said this to, before, but it's not I know. normal for someone to die in a home. I know, but if I knew with but the knowledge like a, all of a sudden... Or like a violent death or something, like, that changes it for me. I think the more details I'd have, the freaked out, the more freaked out I'd be. Because if I knew it was, like, in the kitchen, then every time... I would never be able to, like, walk in the kitchen barefoot or something. I would, I would feel barefoot. like... Because I feel like it'd be, like, standing, like with my bare feet like where a body they was died. like yeah hmm. it's kind of that same mentality of like would you wear the shirt of someone who murdered someone or would you wear the shirt of someone who died it's just kind of like i don't know it's just like there's some weird eerie air over it all of a sudden yeah or like if they died in the bedroom and like your bed is there i'd be like i'm laying where they like that would freak me out well you're just on that i know <laughs> that was like just beyond but like like how they replaced the tub because they knew that like Someone might not want to stand naked well, in a place with a dead died. body in it for two days. I don't think. Oh, that's true. You could really, I don't know. I don't know. It depends. I just picture one of those cheap, like plastic tubs. Like I would. Oh, think you'd have to get rid of it. I was thinking like a fancy tub. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the material of the tub is. It does not. <laughs> it's truly the last thing that they're talking about. Anyway, I'm just thinking if a body is in the plastic. Okay, it doesn't matter. Let's we could, change. We could talk about that forever, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> this one is called. Everyone's like, no, please stop. Everyone's like, please stop talking about we bathtub don't need materials. This um oh well this is a wild name oh yeah oh no it's not it's not Whew. okay what's <laughs> n- <laughs> this is nicole this is from nicole but the way that she i don't know how to bien hose what oh okay i thought that was because so, it comes like before the signature of her name and so i was like maybe that means best or you're welcome or something i said bastard i was like i don't think bien, that's what it means bien hose benos so this one is entitled you're gonna want to read this so i'm gonna i that literally makes me not want to read it but i'm glad that you even did (laughs) (laughs) um this is by nicole and nicole says hello my sweet sweet atwwd family oh hello my name is nicole we just we discovered that together first i'm a big fan of the show obviously my friend jess who says hi hi jess hi jess Got me in the show when I lived in Portugal, and now I'm hooked. I finally caught up to real time, and damn, just love it. My fiancé has gotten into it as well, but now he thinks every noise we hear is a ghost or serial killer. It probably is. 
um, which was kind of funny at first, but we live in a fraternity house and there's tons of college boys making noise all the time. And now I just want to calm the fuck down and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the roller coaster I'm about to take you on isn't my personal story, but I'm going to tell it in first person on behalf of my friend Hannah. Buckle up and let's crack into it. All right. We were driving. So this is Hannah's story, but we're as told by Nicole. As told by Nicole, the ghostwriter. Got it. The, uh, <laughs> the ghostwriter. Uh, we were driving back to my cousin's house in Stafford Springs from Hartford, Connecticut, after her theater show one night. Their house is kind of out in the country, so it's heavily wooded with the houses set up off the road a ways. It's me, my cousin, who's about 20, my younger sister, and another younger cousin, and I'm in the passenger seat. We are driving and just passing time on the drive with music and talk about the show. We slow a bit when we see a deer in the road that had just been hit by a car. Oh, Okay, whatever. Not a big deal. We avoid the wreckage and come back up to speed. And I'm doing what most passengers do until I think I see something on the side of the road. I think I see a hand. I brushed it off. Because why would why would it be a hand? Oh, God. After a second, my cousin driving asks, did you guys see something back there? Oh, my God. Before I can answer, the car in front of us stops in the road. The driver waves us forward and we pull up. As we approach, I can see the driver, who's a girl about our age, is hysterically crying. (gasps) I saw something back there, she says. I think I saw a hand. Oh, no. Coincidentally, I had just taken a bystander awareness class. Oh, interesting. So, of course, I suggest we have to go back. (laughs) So both of the cars turn around and make the short drive back to where the mysterious hand was sighted. We stopped in the road and I get out. Turns out the hand was attached to a body. Oh, no. The body belonged to a girl probably in her 20s. Oh, no. She was wearing a white dress that was covered in blood. Oh, God. And she was just so bloody. Her joints and limbs were bent at weird angles and her eyes were open and glazed over. That chick was dead. Oh, my God. I turn back to the car and say, call the police. But before I could finish, I see this bitch resurrect. No, I'm talking her limbs and joints come back together. She starts breathing and stands the fuck up. What? Stands right up like she was just chilling on the couch and not lying on the side of some random backcountry road at midnight. At this moment, everyone's screaming (laughs) like, what the hell? The chick in the other car is screaming. Okay, okay, good. (laughs) The dead girl is not standing and completely ignores. Oh, the dead. The dead girl is now standing and completely ignores me. She turns and just walks down the road. Oh, my God. The direction that we had just come from. Ma'am, I yell at her. Ma'am, are you all right? Nothing. She just keeps walking. So I get back in the car and we call the police and they show up with an ambulance and ask us some questions and look around. I tell them what I told you. That girl was dead. They thank us and tell us to head home like this was a normal, casual encounter. Oh, my God. But you just head back home after. Okay, sure. So the screaming girl in the other car wants to follow her to her house because she's freaked out. It's on the way, so we say sure and follow her while recounting the story a million times in the car. She pulls off into her driveway and we keep going. Eventually, the woods thin and a field opens up to the right. Sounds chill until we see the dead girl standing alone in the middle of the field with a troop of cop cars forming a semicircle around her, pointing their headlights at her. Oh, God, I have chills. She's just standing there, barely even acknowledging them and starting staring past them into the night. I, of course, instruct my cousin to pull over so we could watch the show unfold. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I need to know at this point. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to just walk away from this gossip. Hell no. An office come. I like you say gossip, like someone's breaking up with well, their Well, she's boyfriend. alive. She's fine now. I'm just going to be like, okay, I want I the dirt. No, this seems wild. 
An officer comes running up to our car and tells us a bit frantic to leave, get out of here, we can't be here, etc. I tell him that we're the ones who called them in the first place, and he just repeats, he keeps repeating himself until we agree to go, leaving dead girls standing in the fields. Oh my god. I wish I could tell you she shot up in the air and transformed into a giant lizard or something <laughs> super sick, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened. I see a girl come back to life and leave her standing in a field, and I have no idea what happened <gasps> to her. So many people have combed over the internet with me trying to find something, but there's nothing out there. No one from the area has ever heard of her. It's like some kind of secret. We have our theories, including some kind of trafficking, kidnapping, ploy, yeah. slash drug, slash possession. But we'll probably never know about the dead girl in Connecticut. Hope you enjoyed this giant what the fuck story. From Nicole, hashtag team wine. Um, Wowza. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I mean, my first thought was like drugs. Just because, like, that superhuman, like, mm -hmm. strength or, like, trafficking. I guess the most realistic one is probably trafficking. Yeah. Because they do often drug them up and... Yeah. Oh. Yikes. That's why I was laughing at your gossip comment. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, because in my mind, it was something paranormal for sure. I was like... Oh. I was, I was expecting the cops That's to, like... in your head it was... Because <laughs> I expected the cops to be like, oh, just go home. And then later they found out, like, yeah, a lot of people say that they see that girl on the road. Oh. And then that's what I was expecting. You guys, if you're hearing this... Try to research, help her out and see if we can find anything. That, that is, was a wild one. I would love to know what that was about. Oh, my God. I hate not knowing. <laughs> that was spooky. There you go. Your turn. That must be, like, traumatizing. I would just be scared to drive in the woods at night by myself. Because your first thought is, yeah, same. And your first thought is, like, oh, my God, I'm looking at a dead body. Like, that alone is terrifying. And then it, like, and moves. Then it, and then it, like, does the thing <gasps> that everyone tells you a dead body will never do. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is from Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. Um, and it's called That Time I Got Pushed Across a Hotel Room. My Scary Story. Okay. Hello, Em and Christine. I stumbled upon... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like we just said this. Hello, Em and Christine. Um, I stumbled across your podcast thanks to one of my friends on Twitter um, who's always posting about you guys. I've been binging episodes ever since. You both are so wonderful and have such great stories. I'm afraid I'm one of those on-the-fence people. I want to eat Team Milkshake, but I'm lactose intolerant. Is there any way you'll accept a Team Wine slushie? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. Your podcast is everything I've always wanted to listen to. I hope you do a show in Denver soon. So do I. Okay, enough brown nosing. Yeah, Kelsey. <laughs> Let's get into the story. When I was six to seven years old, my entire family went on a trip to San Diego. It was myself, my parents, my aunt and uncle, their children, and my grandparents. We stayed in a hotel called the Hotel del Coronado. Oh, I've been there. I've heard about that place. You've been there? My mom took me there That's one the time. That's the one with the gray. Apparently, it's super duper haunted, and I didn't even know until after we oh, left. Oh, I watched a BuzzFeed Unsolved on that, um, where the painting's like hair supposedly grays. Oh, nice. Um, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Quite casual. Which honestly is old enough and crazy enough to warrant its own episode, Wink Wink M. The Hotel del Coronado was built in the 1880s and opened in 1888. At the time, it was the largest hotel. In the- okay, well, now she's just doing your notes for you. Thanks, Kelsey. It was the largest hotel in the world and the lar- second largest wooden structure in the U.S. 
first as a Tillamook Art Museum. <laughs> um, however, the greatest draw nowadays for the hotel is its hauntings, most notably the haunting of Kate Morgan. I'm going to keep the facts pretty bare bones in case you do this episode one day. The gist is this. Kate Morgan was a young woman staying at the hotel in 1892, and she was found dead on one of the exterior staircases to the beach. Oh, boy. The cause of death was what appeared to be a self-inflicted bullet wound to the head. <gasps> However, it was thought to be foul play instead of suicide because the bullet recovered from her body did not match the bullets in her gun. Oh, oh man. Allegedly, she now haunts the hotel. I do not know the specifics of her behave- haunting behavior, but I will now tell you what we experienced. None of my family was aware of this haunting when we booked the hotel. Our only concession when we went to the hotel was that we all wanted rooms next to each other so we could all hang out as a family. We got three rooms on the third floor, but the receptionist gave us a warning. Oh, God. She told us that the only three open rooms next to each other were two normal rooms, which were on either side of Kate Morgan's haunted room. Oh, yikes. So one of us was going to have to stay in a haunted room unless we wanted a room on a different floor. My father, being the wonderful man he is, immediately volunteered for us volunteered us to the haunted room oh great my dad was certain that the room was a gimmick he began looking for wire switches and (laughs) such a dad move i know and any other tricks to show to myself and my mom the first night the lights flickered on and off that's probably a timer they have it isn't real my dad reassured us the doors of the bathroom opened suddenly and forcibly springs my dad said in the middle of the night the tv would suddenly switch on and loudly play that white noise fuzzy screen that's the scariest thing i think to have turned on by the way it's because it's such a jarring sound yeah and it's like the ring I think. yeah 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 um so what was dad's explanation and it's not of like that? viagra you know it's not like a commercial oh, yeah. or something <laughs> yes you know i mean that would have viagra always makes me calm so never mind once again my dad said it was just a trick but the more this stuff happened the less confident he sounded we hadn't found any hard evidence either way that the room was fake or really haunted until the third night all this time i'd been sleeping on a roll-on cot it's important to know that this bed was very heavy and the wheels were locked in place by the staff on the third night the same small stuff happened lights doors and a weird breeze but it wasn't until we went to bed that stuff got crazy around three in the morning the witching hour when supposedly spirits are more powerful Mm -hmm. yes we know it well I woke up very suddenly with a feeling of vague fear. The TV was on the fuzzy white screen again, but there was no noise. Suddenly, my cot started to move, as in roll to the other side of the room. Nope. Oh, my God. Nope. Uh, It was very slight at first, like when you try to push something heavy, but quickly got more forceful. Obviously, I screamed. My parents woke up to see me sitting up in bed, rolling across the floor. Oh, my God. Jesus. My dad snatched me out of bed, and the second I left the bed, I got violently sick and started throwing up. My parents put me in the bathtub and started cleaning me off. My dad tried to push the bed back, but it wouldn't move. After all, the wheels were locked. We left the room and slept in my grandparents' room instead. The next morning when we went back to the room, the bed was back in its normal spot, but still unmade along with my parents' bed. So the staff had obviously not come in and cleaned it and moved it back. After this, my dad said aloud to the room, we get the message. You're real. Sorry for doubting you. The rest of our visit was quiet. The doors and lights still flickered, but less often and less forcefully, almost like the room was placated. Ever since then, my family has strongly believed in spirits, and we try to be as respectful as possible. I've always wanted to go back to the hotel and stay in that room again. I've never had such a strong paranormal experience since this, and I've always remembered it vividly. I hope you both enjoyed hearing about it. I hope you both continue to succeed in your endeavors, and I hope that even if you don't use the story for a future episode, but you totally should, the Hotel Del Coronado is crazy, that you enjoyed reading it. Thank you for your time, and stay thirsty, my friends. Kelsey. P.S. I've included some safe to open, <laughs> safe to open pictures of the hotel and Kate Morgan herself. Oh my gosh! Safe for work, Kate Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, crazy! I just can you imagine like waking up as the parent, seeing the static screen, and then your kid is just like rolling on a. That's pot. truly Poltergeist. Yeah, it sounds like Poltergeist. That sounds like the Poltergeist movie. Ugh. 
Yowza. Anyway. All right. My last one. Yes. Is called BEK related. Oh, yes. <clears throat> From Black Savannah. So hello, Savannah. All right. Savannah says, I'm really late to the game, but I've started listening to you guys, to your guys' podcast in reverse a few weeks ago, and I just listened to your Black Eyed Kids episode. I've had lots of what I consider to be unexplainable things happen to me, but this one made me remember an experience I had a oh, few God. years ago. I was living in Seattle and was walking to work midday when from down the street, I saw a girl standing on her front porch. Although the girl from far away looked completely normal, my stomach sunk and I started to feel scared. I knew for sure that she was going to talk to me if I passed her. So oh, I stopped. No. I stopped and tried crossing the street, but the traffic was so bad. I had to just keep walking. I mean, I could feel her looking at me, oh so God. I might as well just face it. This is scary even without, like, any paranormal. Just, like, yeah. don't talk to me. It's like, <laughs> and, like, you can tell that, like, someone's going like to approach you. waiting for you to approach, yeah. I walk past her, and she doesn't say anything until I've already walked by a bit, and then yells out, aren't you going to say hi? Oh, my God. What? And I turn around and walk a little closer, and I was like, oh, hi. And, no, no. <laughs> and she said, I know you. And I was like, huh, I don't think we've met. But in the middle of saying that, I looked in her eyes and they were black uh -uh. and I felt extreme fear. Uh -uh. I turned around and walked away really fast and she didn't say anything more. I turned around and she was gone. She could have easily just went inside, though. Um, <laughs> like, thanks for your own debunking. Love that. The first thing I do is try to call my best friend and tell her what happened. But she just happened to be calling me to tell me about a freaky experience that happened to her just minutes ago. Get out of here. Where a woman stopped her on the street and said, I know you from my dreams. No! Stop. And my friend was like, what do you mean? And all the woman said was, I know you and walked away. And what the fuck? Anyway, my friend and I were in different cities at the time. But those experiences <sighs> happened at the exact same time simultaneously. Weird shit. Love your guys' podcast savannah what in the world that is like the black eyed kids are truly just a nightmare truly a nightmare i know you that's like the perfect it's like short creepy yeah what the fuck also here are my okay, black bye. ass eyes and then i'm gonna walk away oh my god i didn't like that that scared me man all right last one all right this is from whitney hi whitney and it's called the stalker i used to babysit and my friendly ghost Hi, I'm Christine. I'm a latecomer to the podcast listening game, but when my twin, oh, I like twins, that's fun, <laughs> introduced me to you guys, I fell in love. You guys are amazing. When you mentioned you wanted to hear why we drink, I thought I would give you an email. I have two stories, one supernatural and one stalker. Oh, man. This is both our, I can't wait. our jams. Uh, both reasons for me to drink. Okay, fair. The stalker, I apparently used to baby, oh, stalker, sorry. I apparently used to babysit a kid who grew up to become a violent stalker that would try to flee the state in the middle of a hurricane. Oh, boy. I grew up in a very small town in Texas called College Station. It has since then grown drastically in size, but to me, it will always be a small town. My little brother is friend Garrett, and Kyle, her brother, would play with him constantly. Our moms were super close, both met through our church, and often I would end up getting stuck watching them. I don't remember much about him except the fact that he had a hard time talking to girls if he was by himself, but if he had his friends or my brother with him, he'd be fine. A few years later, my family uproots to North Carolina, and that's the end of that. I honestly never thought I would hear his name again until Hurricane Harvey came up, and I got notified on Facebook that he was missing. 
His mom posted, then my mom reposted. Clearly, moms are friends for life. <laughs> and then I reposted. Only not even an hour later, the post was gone. Since I'm a nosy Nancy, I had to figure out if he had been found, only to find a wanted police report had replaced the link his mom had made, and thus she had taken it down. Oh, boy. What family would po- publicly post that their kid is wanted, even if their kid is missing in a hurricane, right? Right, right, right. Turns out in high school, Garrett had a girlfriend for a few months. She broke up with him before they went to college, and I guess Garrett felt cheated by the experience. As you can find out from this police report. For the next two years, his ex gets crazy texts and voicemails in the middle of the night. At first she responds, but eventually she stops because clearly she just wants this to be over with. Then nothing. For a few weeks, she thinks that his anger might have officially passed, that ignoring him and not reaching out might have worked. She has classes one day, then work, and is exhausted as she gets home to find him waiting for her in her living room. With a bat. No. Oh my god. It's chilling. Thankfully, her boyfriend had driven her home that day, so when she flipped out and Garrett sees her boyfriend with her, he books it. They call the cops, he gets arrested and charged with stalking and property damage with a restraining order and two years probation. The ex moves to Houston for school and he can't leave College Station, and you'd hope that would be the end, but it's not. Uh, This is detailed in this article in which he drives down to Galveston in the confusion of the hurricane to be with her again. Nope. Tricks her neighbors into letting him stay with them while the storm is happening. Oh before he makes a run for it and hides in another abandoned house when he realizes that she had already evacuated. He leaves his truck on the side of the road and plans to make a break for it, but eventually turns himself in. This all happened in a span of seven to eight years for a girl that he dated for a few months. I'm assuming that he's on probation again, but after catching up on the life of my little brother's best friend, all I can say is how thankful I am that he never murdered his ex. Also, the amount of ownership he felt for this girl that spanned years and craziness is insane. And what is even more insane is a lack of real punishment for a person who is clearly escalating with each year and his obsession for her. That is why I drink. My supernatural story is a light one to make up for the story above. Okay, good. Whew. I have a ghost that makes my bed. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, wow. Can I find a ghost that does my taxes? Can you send that ghost my way? I know it sounds crazy, but I'm 100% sure that this place is haunted. I live in Studio City now. Oh, oh. Like here? Like nearby? I guess. Wow, okay. Hello. I live in Studio City. So they, the ghost could feasibly make the trip down to yeah. our, our house. Okay. Yep. Checking. I live in Studio City now in a 1920s farmhouse that was renovated into apartments at some point, and I've lived here for a few years. Weird things started happening pretty much right away, like my silverware is constantly going missing. I mean, I've bought so many spoons and forks for this place that it's insane. For Very some- Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to find, like, a collection. For some reason, they don't want the knives. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. If least- knives were going missing, I'd be more concerned. They just want the forks to brush their hair. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's fine. Usually in the afternoon, you can hear someone going through the kitchen, messing Ugh. with the silverware drawer or opening cabinets, and then there will be no one in the room. Nope. It just reminds me of raccoons, you know, because they like shiny stuff. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Okay, but on to the bed making. I'm a bit of a slob, the organized chaos sort of slob, keeping messes and stacks, only half making up my bed sort of slob. My first roommate that I lived with here was a bit of a neat freak, so sometimes I would leave for work, and when I got back, my bed would suddenly be made. Not like arm ready. What's arm ready? Arm ready. Not like arm ready, but blankets laid flat. I don't know. Not like arm ready, but blankets laid flat over the pillows and smoothed down. At first, I thought she was just overstepping. Yeah. I would be like, please don't go into my room. (laughs) That's, uh, but after asking her about it, she thought I was crazy. It kept happening. I would leave my blankets a mess. And then when I would get home, my bed would be made up. It was weird, but I decided maybe I'm just going crazy and it didn't happen every day. So maybe it was just me making my bed and forgetting. Maybe I'm just crazy. I would never forget doing something so exhausting. (laughs) I'd be so proud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, look at this magic that I've accomplished. (laughs) 
It kept happening. Okay. Cute old roommate moving out, a new roommate moving in. I travel for work sometimes and my old roommate will take care of my cats while I'm gone. One time I was in New York for a week and when I get a call, did you make your bed? Which I'm a slob, so of course I didn't. I told him and he was just like, that's weird and hung up. (laughs) The cats like to wrestle, particularly on my bed since it's the largest one in the apartment and they will make a mess of the covers. Rumi breaks them apart, notices my bed is a mess again, and just shrugs off before going to his room. He's playing some PC game when he hears a noise in my room, thinks I left a window open or maybe a cat knocked something over, but when he goes in, all that has changed is that the bed is suddenly made. (laughs) He freaks out, calls me again, which is fine, which is fine since I'm already flying home, and when I get home, my bed is made. It's been almost two years now, and while it doesn't happen every day or even once a month, it still happens. Same with the missing silverware. Maybe the ghost takes it as payment, but I figure I could have a much worse sort of haunting. Still, it's really weird, and I wish I wouldn't hear noises like someone going through my kitchen when I'm home alone, but I guess it's just another reason to drink. Thank you, guys. Wit. I guess, like, at the end of the day, if you were to have a ghost, like, that's truly the nicest the version. Because also, it sounds like after two years, like, it hasn't gotten worse. Right. Or, you know, done anything more aggressive. it's not, like, taking, like, your iPhone. It's, like, taking some forks. It's, like, yeah. If anything, like, I would just, like buy it its own box of utensils and be like go bananas <laughs> here you go this is just for you yeah uh, and also like it does sometimes makes your bed i wonder if it just gets bored it's like okay i'll do some chores it's just like fun you know how when you get bored and you just start cleaning yeah i mean uh, no maybe that just, but oh <laughs> i mean maybe that happens in the yeah, afterlife i get too. what you mean i get what you mean well that's kind of sad if that's what happens in the afterlife you get bored and do chores but uh, yeah maybe you've just done it all maybe um anyway well thank you guys so much thank you wit and thank you everybody else who sent in a story yes and thank you to everyone who donates yes that too we're gonna for the people who do donate we're gonna post uh ck's story this month on the first of the month on patreon so you have a bonus story read by ck's lovely scottish accent which is much more uh soothing soothing than ours yeah yeah for sure so thanks guys for listening thanks guys for sending your stories and you can send them to and that's why we drink at gmail.com and we might read them in a future month and that's about it. And that's how we drink. Bye. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.